Hi, ladies. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and for the positive feedback that I have received so far. I really want this podcast to be a success. So I am asking you to help me out. Please share my link on your social network platforms and subscribe and write a review on whichever podcast platform that you listen to me on. I'm going to provide you with an incentive for the next month. For those of you who write a review and share my link on your social media by February 28th, 2021, I will enter you into a drawing for your choice of one of the journals from my website, uniqueblackgifts.com. There will be five winners. Make sure to tag Flipping the Script on your social media or Take a screenshot and post it on my Instagram or Facebook page. You will receive an entry for each post you make. So the more you post, the more likely you will win. Thank you in advance for your participation. Your support means so much to me. Welcome to Flipping the Script, a podcast for women of color by women of color helping you to not just navigate your way through change, but to embrace it. I am your host, Michelle Words. Today we have Dana Davis. Dana shares with us her journey on leaving corporate America and enjoying entrepreneurship with her business partner, which is also her husband. She recently published a book with affirmations that we all can learn from. Let's get to it. Where you wanna be trying to navigate life, but it's hard to see. Yeah. I am struggling to make a change. We're coming to me now is the perfect chance. With flipping the scripts, so you'll find your way to help you embrace any trials you face. With flipping the script, conquer every Today we have Dana Davis. Dana is an inspirational speaker, author, and mentor. Best known for her appearances on CBS's The Amazing Race, WFAA's Good Morning Texas, and Fine Living Channel's All Girl Getaway, Dana has also been featured in the made-for-television movie Raising Izzy. In addition to being selected for various movie and television appearances, Dana has been tapped to share her relationship advice on stage at well-known venues such as the Tom Joyner Fantastic Voyage Cruise and in print for the acclaimed Ebony Magazine. Pursuing her passion for multimedia came after leaving a high-profile position in corporate America where she served as the national account executive for the company's top 20 clients including Walmart, Best Buy, and Target, managing a multi-million dollar portfolio. The bold move to walk away from the comforts of corporate America and a six-figure income has allowed Dana's message of courage and faith to resonate with the audiences from all walks of life. Dana's both sides perspective allows her to share her insight and knowledge with others in a way that transforms. Helping others discover their purpose and imagining themselves stepping out on faith 
and achieving greatness is what Dana has been born to do. Her transparent and humorous style of speaking helps her listeners visualize how they too can maximize their personal and professional potential. Dana is also a published author. The name of her latest book is We Got This Sis. Dana spends countless hours sharing her life transforming technology on stage at various business and civil conferences, Fortune 500 companies and charities, but most cherishes the time that she spends with her husband and sweetheart, Adrian, of more than 34 years, and their three adult children, Brian, Maya, and Jasmine. Welcome, Dana. Oh, welcome, welcome for me. Thank you. I, I feel welcomed uh, with that with that bio. So thank you. <laughs> you really you laid it all out there. So uh, I, I do feel welcome. Thank you, Michelle, for having me. I truly yeah. appreciate it. We have to have the audience know who you are. <laughs> and all of your greatness <laughs> oh well thank you thank you so much I appreciate it and look forward to the conversation so I'm glad to be with you perfect so let's talk about first of all Dana how we met I know you don't remember maybe where but I do remember when okay we met. Oh, you got to help me out, Michelle. I will, I can. (laughs) Let me tell you how I know when we met, Dana, because we met the week that your episode, your season of Amazing Race was starting. Okay. What year was that? That was 2010, 2009, 2010, because I I know my age at that time, and I don't really want to tell you, and I know what what I (laughs) turned this year, so... I know it's around 2010 for sure. <laughs> Look, my audience is in our age group. That is who okay. the target is. So, so we know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. We're well, supposed to be agree. celebrating our age. That's, that's right. right. And we are celebrating. So, so for the audience, I just turned 50, uh, which is the golden years. And so I am, I am actually blessed and grateful to be at that point. So yes, I was 40 when I got on the amazing race and that shows that season began, season 16. So I'm clear on when. <laughs> so we went, we, we met somewhere through mutual friends and you were mentioning that you were on Amazing Race. And you know, of course, the reason it resonated with me is because that's on my bucket list is to go on the and, Amazing Race. Okay, so listen, they, fortunately they still have it. I get links and emails all the time about uh, casting opportunities. So do, do I just need to send you the link so you can send them in your video and keep you trying? That. You do that. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I, I want to see you on there. I, I want to see you on there. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a fun opportunity uh, with my husband and I, my high school sweetheart. You know, he's always saying I'm dreaming about, you know, what's next and doing, doing something different. And so typically, typically when I come up with an idea, he's like, no, nah, Dane, I'm not going to do it this time. He was like, yeah, I'm interested. I'll, I'll go with you. And so they had a casting opportunity with CBS DFW in Louisville, Texas. And he said, I'll go. And we went, and I think they said it was about 2000 people out there. So originally he was a little bit intimidated when we walked up mm-hmm. and I said, look, the, the key to auditioning is truly just being your authentic self, whatever it is. And that doesn't mean you have to, you know, do anything, you know, uh, unrealistic. You know, if you're not a, a person to 
eat bugs or, or of course you may have to do that on amazing race but to audition they just want to see who you are they just want you, who you are to come through and so that's what we did so what we were doing at the time the way we showed we were was uh, we were high school sweethearts so I brought in this photo collage of when we were at the prom and dancing so I said so that was 20 something years ago when we started dancing. And I said, so now we're gonna show you how we dance today, you know, as married couples. So we did a quick <laughs> little one minute dance and they started busting up. And so I said, with, with laughter, I said, I told, I told, I walked out of there, I told Adrian, I think we got him. He was like, you think so? I said, yeah. I said, we, we made them laugh. Cause they like these old right. folks that we're not really old, but right. you know, they, they stepped and changed a little bit. And so <laughs> uh, it took a couple of months, but they called us and the rest is history. Wow. It is so funny that I remember when my friend and I did our audition video. So, you know, this was before camera phones. Right. Was it? Something. Yeah, camera phones, they, they've just now gotten popular, probably now. FaceTime, I guess you're talking about the FaceTime component? Well, no, I mean, so when we recorded our video, it, I did it on like a camcorder. <laughs> okay, okay. That's how old it was then. Right, I had some sort of video recorder that I used because okay. I think the copy of our audition video that we have now is like on like a VHS tape or something. It seems like Amazing Race isn't that old, but it's a, I know that our, our video is on like one of those VHS tapes and we had so much fun recording it because what we did, we thought we will simulate our own Amazing Race. And so we were in Arizona and we thought we will drive to California and we'll create like these different adventures on our way. So wow. That was our video and it was so much fun creating it. And we just knew that they were going to contact us and they didn't. (laughs) But you know what? It's probably, I was told and I haven't verified it, but I was told through just some of the other um, cast members on our, our, in our season that that even in our season 16, that they had received over 33,000 submissions just for that season. Mm -hmm. So you know that there's some qualified, great personality right. within those uh, submissions, but it's just a matter of getting to them. So sometimes it's just, you know, and I won't go into that, but we were called at the 11th hour to come in. And a lady has just said she it was just sitting on the top of her desk and she just decided to look at a couple of more of the straggling videos and she did it. But from the moment she called us to when we had to fly in was like four days. That's how short of a notice we had to come in. And then we had to stay a week. And so it's just, it really is just timing. And I, right. I would try it again until you, you get noticed. Cause that sounds like, look, see if you can take that particular video and transfer it to present day format and resubmit it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I look a little bit older now. <laughs> I move a well, little you, bit slower. <laughs> oh wow! Well, well, you listen. They we we they they didn't tell you when it have to be. Just just <laughs> let them call you in, and then we'll figure it out from there. Right. So I, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Okay, so now tell us about your corporate life 
and why you decided to leave. So kind of, you know, what your background was and what your process was to get you to where you are today. Okay. So I got to give you a little bit of backstory and I'll try to be quick, fair. So coming out of college, I, I, my first corporate job was with Merrill Lynch. And I think I lasted three months. I just was, you know, I was a young mother in my early 20s and uh, just got, got married. And just the demands that were placed upon me with all that I had going on, I, I, was, I was the weak at heart. So I lasted in corporate in Merrill Lynch for like three months and came home and started raising my children with a couple of opportunities between that time in my life to when I went to probably have my, my job where I w- was there the longest, which was BNSF. I was there for about 11 years. But before that, like I said, I worked with my husband in our business. I may have, I think I worked for the state of Texas for a couple of years, but nothing significant until later on in my life. And so around 2003, I believe it is, I went and really put my skills uh, corporate to work. I had a master's in accounting and a bachelor's in economics. And so I started an auditing at BNSF, which was okay, but I'm just not a desk, you know, just a person who behind a desk. That's just not what I do. I, I was good at numbers, but I'm more of a people person. So it was painful for me. So I stayed in that role for about two to three years until I was able to navigate to economic development where I stayed there about uh, four years, maybe it may have been about four years. And uh, that was much more conducive to who I was. It was some analytics in there, but mainly it was more about uh, getting in front of our third-party customers, which I won't go too much into that, but those are like transloaders. Those are people who help us in the logistics piece of moving product for our customers. And Mm -hmm. so I got to learn much more about marketing, which was where that uh, particular group lied. And I was like, I want to get over there. I wanted to get into sales. And one thing I can say positive about that company is that they were all about cross-functional promotions. So even though I started in accounting, they allowed me to get to where I really wanted to go, which was in marketing, which was Mm -hmm. more in front of the face of the customer. And so a position came up, a coveted position, which was national accounts manager. And I was just enthused. In fact, I feel like I should have started there. That would have made a difference. But I went there and did pretty good, but I had a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges because of my learning curve of about just the products there. And so I happened to work with a boss who just wasn't as forgiving. He wasn't, I only stayed in that role, you know, maybe a year and three months before I ultimately left. I was there all in all 11 years. So my times may be off in in terms of each role, but that one, I, I know for a fact, I stayed there about a year and a half. And I worked for a guy who just felt I needed to understand the products, the customers, our lanes. We're talking about the railroad Mm -hmm. faster than I was learning them. Mm -hmm. And so he was frustrated, you know, but it was also, it reminded me just of my first experience in corporate and just some other things, you know, you don't want to give up. You don't want to be a quitter, but I was like, wow, I'm at a point in my life where I really have to determine how I want to spend the rest of my life. And so I knew that I just didn't want to come in frustrated, but I also know enough because of a mentoring program that I'm a part, I was a part of back then where, you know, it was, it was coaching young folks coming up. I also know that 
hard work goes into something. So you can't, it's that balance of giving up, you know, and, and, and feeling like, okay, it didn't work out and I want to leave versus even if it is working out, it doesn't allow the, the, um, the passion that I know I have about doing other things to come through. So I said all that to say that I, I knew I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. My husband was starting his business and he said, listen, I think, well, he, would, he had already started his business, but it was picking up in terms of just the momentum. And he'd said, if you want to come and work with me while you begin to, uh, you know, get, get a vision for what you want to do next, I will support you and I know everyone doesn't have that um, support or that opportunity but I did and so mm -hmm. I took advantage of it mm -hmm. and the rest is history that was seven years ago so that's wow. how I uh, that's that was my uh, stint in corporate and um, it's a good company it's just wasn't it wasn't something for me right so then you started working with your husband in your your business together and correct then you were able to grow that business as a couple how how did that work out with how does how does it go with you working with your husband <laughs> you know what so now it goes well because we have learned each other and our strengths and when i say our strengths i'm more of the detailed person hence accounting background and he's more of the big person picture you know the person with the the big vision you know the mm -hmm. the one who has kind of the overall view of how he wants things to do go but not necessarily detailed early on in our marriage not only in our personal life but we had kind of I didn't talk about that we had another business years ago we didn't understand each other so there was a lot of frustration understanding each other and maturing and growing up and just really understanding our strengths and our and our differences it works like a charm now. You know, he depends on me to look at the details. The numbers is the are the details. Mm -hmm. You know, what's mm -hmm. what you know, financial statements are your um scorecard to how your business is doing. So you got to understand those. And that's what I, you know, that's great that you know how to get the the widget from the vendor and get it to a customer. You sell it for five dollars, you bought it for you know, three. And you made $2, but how is that $2 taking care of your overhead, your taxes, your salaries, and so on? So, you know, helping him understand those details at a level that can help him make great decisions, business decisions, he's appreciated. That being said, he's also helped me not get so paralyzed. You know, you hear the phrase uh, analysis paralysis, you know, because yes. you can get stuck on the details. He's helped me kind of say, okay, sometimes we just have to move and seize the moment with the, cust with the customer opportunity or vendor opportunity. So we balanced each other out and we don't bring it home. We have a lot of fun at home. You know, unfortunately we're in the season now of COVID. So that slowed us down, but we travel, we spend time together going out to movies and exploring different uh, places. So we have learned to keep the business at the business and our home life is our home life. So. Wow. Going okay. Yeah. I have to commend you on that. So matter of fact, you guys, you know, have managed to master this so well that I know that you mentor couples as well. Yes, we, we love it. We do it through our ministry. That's kind of the platform we've been given. 
currently it's done and, we, and we've done some other things off size we've got the chance to go do seminars with tom joiner at least three times which are one-offs but through our ministry it allows us to have a consistent relationship with custom uh, with uh, com- couples and we've do- been doing that about four to five years and so you have you know i think our desire and our passion comes from how young we were when we got married, but we had so much ambition. So we have these two ambitious people, you know, 21 and 22 getting married with a lot of hurdles to overcome because we both came from single parent homes and no prior experience on, you know, healthy marriages or, you know, also wanting to open up a business, also wanting to buy a home and all those Mm -hmm. things. We were kind of first generation in so many things. So there was a lot of hurdles we had to, come through. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my mentoring and Adrian's mentoring was birth because we were like, wow, if we had, if we would have had, if we would have had, if we would have had. And so when we see other young couples today starting off, we're, we're jumping right in to provide workshops, to provide programs that can really help get you off on a great start. And then we also work with existing marriages, those who've been in it now five plus years and just learning to find strategic ways to refresh and let, you know, not let that marriage get died because love is intentional. You know, we're 34 years in Mm -hmm. and I love me some Adrian, (laughs) but we have to be intentional in spending time together and talking. You know, we were laughing. Matter of fact, just yesterday, I think this is a cute story. We had started yesterday off just talking in the bed and we were in the bed. We shamefully, so don't, don't judge us. We got our day started like 11 a.m., right? Now, when you own your business, that's kind of late, right? They tell you, <laughs> you're supposed to be there early. So I'm saying shamefully, right? But we had at least talked about an hour and a half. Good conversation. We were just talking, but it was cold. That's why we both didn't want to get it out the bed. It was like 31 degrees here in Texas. Mm. So we didn't want to get out the bed. So we had our day, you know, talked a long time. So then we went out to dinner. And when we went out to dinner about seven o'clock, I was noticing he was doing some stuff on his phone and I was like, okay, well, he's talking. And I turned to him and I said, all right, well, I guess I'll go ahead and play spades on my phone. We did put in our quality time together. But I, I said that to say, I wasn't offended and neither was he. Cause we know he, we have really <laughs> shared that day already. And so it was mm-hmm. kind of like, we're tired. We just want to eat and we're going to go home and go to bed. So he, <laughs> you know, but some people could look at that and go, oh, they had dinner and they, they, they separate, you know, they're not even talking to each other they're not talking to each other so i I need you to know sometimes maybe we had already talked we had already did those things so i didn't mean we were falling apart but um but just yeah things like that we we are actually are the ones that have sometimes been out to dinner and go man they look like they're not enjoying each other at all you know they one person (laughs) don't you know she she doing her thing and he's you know he on his phone ticking attack and, and so just how to keep it fresh and exciting and doing something different you know we we are very intentional about that and you can never get it wrong in marriage that is required so that's what we do we provide opportunity we've hosted things such as the love boat cruise where you come on and listen to jazz we've had breakfast in the botanicals we've had what's called a colors workshop which kind of helps you see where you are in your marriage and what could be the challenges we've had uh comedy 
uh, events with, with, with folks coming out where we did comedy and conversation to have some real talk with marriages. So we, we've kind of done it to where it's yeah. fun, but we still yeah. have some, some mentoring opportunities. So good. So have you found with COVID though, that couples are struggling more? Have you found more couples coming to you because they've been spending so much time together in quarantine? You know, I have, unfortunately, because of that in the, in, in, in ministries being closed, you don't get as much communication opportunities as you can. But from what I gather through, we have a team of people that have been working with us for the last few years and we get together monthly to just have some good time and talk about real conversations. In fact, we kind of have a real, it's called real R-E-E-L talk where we'll watch a movie or a show and then we'll kind of talk and kind of share, okay, this is where we are. This is where we should be. And then Adrian and I will give our input. You know, we're not, we don't never want to come across as we have all the answers. And so it's just, you know, we, we can share what we've done and what, how we've overcome certain things, but ultimately, you know, there's different strategies for different people. Sure. And so through that through this, that, that communication, I've heard about just couples being frustrated with each other. Yeah. A lot of that. Some folks have just straight walked out because you spend a lot of time at, at home. And right. so where you now have your outlets to go, you know, hang with your girls or guys or go bowling or do some of the things you do to refresh or just get a, you know, get, get a second win. It's not as easily accessible. So some folks are taking this opportunity to say, you know, I really don't like you and I want to go and I don't want to be with you anyway. And so that's what's happening. A yeah. lot, you know, it, it is happening and it's quite sad because I almost want to say, listen, this is temporary. COVID is temporary. Don't make a permanent decision on something that's temporary. But right. some folks are, are just not uh, willing to to go that distance because again, you stand with these folks, you know, almost 24-7, especially with a lot of people working out of their homes now so there is not even that break you know yeah, of where yeah. that distance where I can go and be by myself at work I'm, I'm working at home you're working at home and there's no opportunity to go away and, and get some refreshing so yeah you know, the reality of it is though that a lot of people have not only have discovered themselves during COVID because you've been at home and have had a time to reflect and so I could imagine I'm single but I could imagine if you're with someone, then it puts the microscope really on your relationship. So that you're right, yeah. seeing things that you didn't take the time before to focus on. And so, right. it, you know, if there's things that just aren't going to change, if it's somebody's personality or a true flaw in the relationship, then I could see then, you know, people are making changes from 2020. You know, why carry right. that package into 2021? <laughs> right. Yeah. That, yeah, you're right. And, and some of it is not even characteristic. Some of it is behavioral uh, lifestyle things. You know, True. I've heard of folks getting pr frustrated because, you know, they just felt a person, one of their spouse was, you know, unclean. They, they weren't a clean person. So they just felt underappreciated as they had to pick up the house. And they were, they, you know, ultimately they felt that, because they were underappreciated, they just didn't want to be a part of that anymore, you know, because right, right. you know, I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning and you're not doing anything. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, you know, opportunities to really see each other face to face and determine. But I will say this, 
you know, we're, either one of, even today, 34 years, and I, again, I love me some Adrian. We are not perfect. There are still things I know I do that annoy him <laughs> and vice versa. And so I always say, do, are they deal breakers though? And right. that's why I said, don't, 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 you can't end every friendship or right. well, not friendship, but marriage because of just some, some of the simple things. I mean, yes, if it carries over into in, a pattern of, you know, of, of a behavior, no, you know, in that they're always uh, selfish in how they think, then, you know, you, you have to consider it, but everything can't be a deal breaker. Agree. Be cautious. Agree. <laughs> So now was it during the COVID period of time then that you decided to write your book or did, was that project started prior to COVID? So a girlfriend of mine, Tanti Williams had brought an idea to me before COVID actually, it was around September of 2019 where she wanted to write a book of positive affirmations to really encourage and lift up other women, young women, as well as older, more mature women. And she wanted to do something where we had short pages, not, a, not necessarily a long book, but just short pages of positive aff- affirmations. And so when co- we, we, were, we were dragging a little bit. And so when COVID came around April, she said, let's, April of 2020, she said, we really need to tighten this up and get something out, just especially with all that's was going on. And I think by that time we had the George Floyd incident and she said, let's get something out. And so we did, and we decided to, you know, we originally were going to do 365 affirmations, but we shortened it to 40 and and it wasn't just random. It was really aligned with biblical principle where God uses 40 as a period of trial and and tribulations. And for those who may not be familiar with that, just a testing, a period of testing, you know, he he was praying for 40 days and 40 nights before his ministry started, just the people of Egypt were in a wilderness period of 40 years before they were entered into a place of promises and blessings. And so we aligned ourselves with that number as well. And we did 40 exhortations, which is a, a fancier word for saying a call to action for women to really just examine themselves in, internally and then hopefully apply some things to areas that they can be improved and better in. And that after that period, they can just be excited about what is going to happen next in their lives. So that's what. Okay. So give us an example of the affirmations that you speak of. So I think one of my favorite ones was uh, that I wrote was called Wonder Working uh, Powers. And that was a play off of Wonder Woman. I love that show coming up. I watched it faithfully. I'm <laughs> kind of smiling as I think <laughs> about it. But I, it, was, it was a practical way of just making it clear on how sometimes we can look at another person's life and they look just like Wonder Woman. I mean, they just, they just everything's perfect. They can, they can overcome a pressure and a challenge you know, no problem, just with a zap or or turn, you know. And so as a child, I would look at her and I wanted to be her. Like, man, I if I was her, I would be powerful. And sometimes we do that as as I said, as women, where we covet other women's powers. You know, maybe she's just really good with organization or she's a great speaker or she's, you know, super, I don't know, just creative. She has a creative ability. 
where we don't self-examine and see what our powers are. And we so busy looking, even especially in the social media age, we're so busy looking at other people and what mm-hmm. they're doing that we're not bringing out our powers. We're almost doing the same thing as I was doing as a child with Wonder Woman. We're looking at them going, oh, she's so great. They're so great. That was so good. Whatever they said, whatever mm-hmm. they did, whatever they were, versus then spending the time to activate our powers, <laughs> you know, activate like she did. And she turned around and, and snapped fingers. We couldn't do that, but <laughs> activate, you know, I wish it was that easy, but activating the powers within us because every one of us have a gift, men and women, but women, we, we're nurturers, we're, we're givers, we're birthers. So we have gifts within us. And so activating that super power, you've heard that word before, and using it because I, I believe, I know personally firsthand, Michelle, that when I'm in that, when, that, when I'm in that, that space, I feel like a Wonder Woman. I, I kid you not. I get excited. People say, oh, daddy, you get so passionate. Mm-hmm. That's, it comes out. You're in you your know, lane. It comes out. Yes. <laughs> I'm in my, yeah, <laughs> I'm there. And so I just think that's like the thing about it when I see other ladies and sometimes we can see it in our friends. We can see it in other family members. Or, and sometimes, like I said, men too, where we're like, man, they just don't see themselves the way I see them. If they would activate that power, yes. they don't have to necessarily just, you know, look at others and go, man, they're this, they're that. And it doesn't matter what it is. You can make anything come to life when it's yours because nobody can do it better than you, you know? So right. that, that's one of, that's an example of, of one of the ones where I just kind of shared how I went through that moment of, you know, using a, a superhero that we all know about mm-hmm. where, you know, even when I grew up, you kind of look at folks and you go, man, they, they just seem to have it all together in a particular area. And I'm not just talking about the aesthetics of what we wear, what we drive, how sure. we look. But, right. you know, but just what they're doing, they just seem to be, you know, in their magic space. And then that moment when I finally realized that, wow, okay, God has given me something that is mine. I just got to learn to use it and feel confident in using it. And then what happens when I use it? So that's kind of that one mm-hmm. page of what we talked about in, in that particular exhortation. Okay. But let's go a little bit deeper into that, actually. So What's the process to do that? So at the end of each exhortation, we have what's called a reflection page. And it really allows you to see where you are by, we divide it up in three sections. And so we ask you questions that are relative to, in that particular example, to identifying your gifts. And so we may say something as simple as that. Do you feel as if you have, you are in your, the moment in which you were created. You know, when I ask it like that, you're like, wow. Or do you just find yourself going from project to project trying to find your niche, which is not a bad thing because sometimes people don't know how to identify their gifts or their talents. Right. But we we break out uh, practical ways. So with reflections by helping you see what is that one thing that you light up when you're doing, whether you get paid for it or not. Right. And it could be like I was telling my husband, that's why I said, you know, about me talking. I love to talk. Now, whether I get paid or not, I love to talk. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell. So, you know, the, the key is talking about something, you know, I'm not a comedian, so I can't talk and make you laugh. And so it's finding something that some content and some useful information that people would like to ideally hear about. But that is the one thing that makes me light up. 
And so we walk you through that, just answering, having you answer various questions to walk away and go, okay, I'm not there. Or yes, okay, I, I know those things that make me light up. Mm-hmm. And then we give you the next section, which is the self-empowerment. Because now once you've identified it, it's like, okay, how do I get from that A to B? Right. And so, you know, if you're in a job uh, where you go, okay, this is not uh, satisfying. I am not enjoying this, but I've been doing it now for 15 years. It, it may be where you can volunteer at an, uh, organizations that allow you to use your gift until an opportunity comes up because you never know how life will transcend, how, how things will turn. You will think you're somewhere forever and you're stuck and we start thinking about the economics behind it. Mm-hmm. But I have actually seen where People have done big jumps, you know, just through other opportunities and and seeing something that they hadn't seen. So it may come through a volunteering. It may come through, you know, if it's a hobby where you are making, we heard about that with the COVID where someone was doing something, they were working in the government. There was two ladies working in the government. They had been baking as a hobby, but when COVID hit and the government was, was kind of, things were shut down, they used that. And now I believe they're in the store today in Walmart baking mm-hmm. pies because they were forced to use what was now a hobby. Right. To go. So, you know, it, it may start off as a hobby and maybe you haven't put the time and energy in it because you're working full time. But if you just start doing it and maybe selling it to, you know, various girl groups or charities or, you know, leagues or whatever have you, you know, you will find that you'll get the traction you need to eventually open up that bakery business. And so, you know, you have to, I'm not going to say it's easy, but you have to actively find ways to, you know, go through different processes to get to what you love, but to do something that you absolutely hate or it just brings you, you know, you, you find yourself not depressed, but just a little bit down or just no joy. You don't want to do that for the rest right. of your life. You have, you know, you yeah. have to find a way to let your, that superpower, that gift come out because it would be just frustrating. Yes. And, you know, the intent of this podcast, Flipping the Script, is to help women to make that change. And, you know, the leap, though, can be big or it could be smaller, even as you mentioned, but just doing something differently to project you toward getting to where you want to go. So I, I love the example you gave of, you know, maybe volunteering or doing something that puts you in the position to be able to make a larger leap in the future. So right. that, volunteering it puts you in that right. way. Right. Yeah. Volunteering is a, is a, is, is a most common way at uh, various charities just around. That's how I started understanding my love for mentoring on a deeper level by volunteering with the National Black MBA. I was like, wow, it gave me this high when I would work with the youth and share with them skills and they would come back and say, oh, Miss Dana, I was able to get this scholarship or I was able to, you know, I, I nailed that college interest exam. And then even more so when I talk to them four or five years later and they come back and they say, well, I got that job that I wanted, not that I had to take because I was able to use some of those skills. That gives me a high to know I had a part in that process, but I started off just volunteering. And so now, you know, years later, of course, you know, you could, you write the book and you could come in sometimes for paid opportunities and got a chance to do Tom Joyner that's paid. And, you know, you get, you get a chance to do things that will give you some supplement, supplemental income until it continues to grow. 
but you have to at least start somewhere. So that's right. my that's my advice. And I think you you did that. I don't know how I don't know your love, and I, I know this is about you know me, but just just your leap of faith and, and going over to another country and doing what you do. I think that's an example of just changing it up and doing something different while I find that thing that I really want to spend the rest of my time doing. So, right. Well, that was a leap though. <laughs> One <laughs> country to the other. That was a leap, but I encourage anybody who's considering it to do it because it really was the best decision that I've ever made in my life. So it, it definitely, it. it's a huge gamble, <laughs> you know, you take chances. But yeah, one thing, you know, like when I moved abroad, I knew I could go back home. Right. Don't be afraid to fail. That's another yeah. thing too. test it out because I'd rather do it and fail than never try and wish that I would have. Oh, to believe that you're going to just jump out and it's just going to be, you know, happily ever after in a business and a project with no glitches. It's a little bit unrealistic. Greatness comes with what what is they repetition the mother of mastery is repetition sometimes just to get it better to, now i'm not saying what we talked about earlier that we got to be perfect don't don't get caught up in the perfectionism thing because that's not even realistic but sometimes there's just there are other things that you may need to do before you're ready to be released or something takes off or whatever and a good example too is our business you know we started that 50, over 15 years ago in our office at home okay it took a few little hiccups. You know, for instance, we are not importing gurus. And so, you know, we just we just thought it was selling a widget and, you know, making a profit. I have my accounting piece and my my corporate experience to bring to the table. But no one remembered the importing piece. And so when we got that first bill that was, I'll just say a few thousand dollars that we weren't prepared for, it was like, oh, it was kind of like a, a gut-riching sock you know it was Mm -hmm. tough people say well you should have knew that beforehand well everything sometimes you just you you think you're getting all the information about something and you just didn't have it but we continued on we pressed forward now we kind of not kind of we understand what comes with you know importing from china and we're better prepared for the the bills and the tariffs that come right so you're you're going to have some hiccups don't don't ever think something is going to be perfect you, you just have to keep going, keep right. going, keep going right. and take that chance. Yeah. So one other thing you mentioned that I want to touch on is you mentioned that sometimes other people see your superpower that you don't see. So how about as far as a part of your process, then asking other people, you know, what is it they see in you? Do you think that's part of that process? Absolutely. Michelle, I see sometimes just my friends and sometimes people through ministry and you can see them and look at them and just know maybe because you worked on a project with them or an event with them or you've done some other a seminar with them and you can see their strength. They're in support role where they, you know, they're okay with the tactical, putting the glasses out, putting the plates out, greeting folks, but you're looking at them and you've worked with them enough over a period of time to identify something in themselves that they haven't. And I'm like, I need their creativity, you know, just something I wouldn't have thought about on how to decorate the room. And they just took something where I was going to make it kind of a plain Jane and just beautified it. And they just don't, you know, I don't know, have the confidence or the uh, courage to 
you know, utilize that gift of creativity. And so it could be somewhat frustrating sometimes on the outside looking in, but absolutely find those people who are around you and they're going to tell you, you know, probably the same things that from each other, because, you know, everyone typically can see the same thing. They're going to tell you, okay, yeah, you're missing out by not using that gift. But yeah, I have a few friends and, and people that I work with in ministry that I go, okay, they don't know what they have. Right. And so, you know, they don't know what they have and they're just sitting on their, their gift. And, you know, why those who are benefiting from it, like myself, appreciate it, you, you're thinking, okay, once they figure it out, they're going to be gone. But, you know, it, it's that figuring out phase. That getting to that point. Yes. Getting to that point. Yeah. Right. Wonderful. Okay. So how can our listeners get a hold of your book? So they can get a hold of our book by going to www.wegotthissis.com. And not only can you get a hold of our book, you will, there's a section, a book club section that you can sign up for and have some other friends or family members get together and can make it a, a fun time and just going through the book together. And then of course, it's also on, on Amazon. So you can, you can do either way portals to get the book. And then I also want to just mention my husband and I have something that we have started in 2021, a opportunity to give back to wannabe entrepreneurs or uh, young entrepreneurs that you'll be hearing more about. We just started the process about a month ago. And so we got the foundation a partnership going, but we're going to have ways to actually get involved. You have a business idea that you want to submit. And so if you can email me at wealth for life, W-E-L for life, at gmail.com. As we roll that out, you can get more information. Okay. I'll have that link on the show notes, but you say W-E-L, one L for life. Correct. W-E-L, the number four life at gmail.com. Okay. Perfect. Any other way to reach you or is that the best way? That currently is the best way to reach me. Now, of course you can contact me at the, uh, we got this sis dot com contact page all of those emails come as well okay perfect thank you so much dana for talking to me today it's been a delight michelle it, i felt like it was just a conversation so i appreciate the opportunity to to chat with you and uh thanks for having me you're welcome thank you for listening to this episode of flipping the script if you like what you have heard please make sure to subscribe to get notified of future episodes. Also, I would appreciate it if you would write a review and share with your friends. And I want to hear from you. Feel free to drop me a line and let me know what you thought about this week's episode or to suggest any future topics that you would like for me to explore. Or you can just stop by and say hello. You can reach me at flippingthescript.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Flippin' the Script. Want to continue the discussion? I also have a private group for ladies only on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye for now. We're flipping the script so you'll find your way To help you embrace any trials you face